30, 35, 40, he's the midfield, and they'll never catch The Show Me Your News Network proudly presents Down the Sidelines. And now, representing the Michigan Wolverines and the West Virginia Mountaineers, you may know them as Yoko and I'm a Beast, it's Peter Spasia and Joel Orndorff. Welcome back to the Gridiron. I'm Peter. And I'm Joel. And Down the Sidelines is the sports podcast that debates and predicts the latest in the athletic world. We are part of the Show Me News Network, and this is the 73rd episode of the podcast on October 7, 2014. October 2nd, it's the day before Super Smash Brothers for 3DS. That's the kind of competition we're all about. I, I can remember when I was in, let's see... Oh gosh, this is going, going back. Going back now. years, I know. Um, when I was in grade school, I was probably like, it's probably like fifth grade, something like that. I remember looking at those Nintendo powers that they had in the school library. <laughs> um, at like the like they were talking about this this game, this Smash Brothers game on the Nintendo sixty four. Oh boy. And describing it, and I, and I was just like, like imagining like your imagination running wild when you're a kid, and how amazing it was. And now we're finally gonna get this thing that we can take on the go with us, which is probably a terrible thing. <laughs> now that I think about it. It's just gonna eat up so much time. <laughs> yeah. But for those of us who travel, it is really nice. And yeah, we we imagine remember the brawl days. That's kind of how Show Me Your News podcast and the Show Me Your News network that comes from it. Mm-hmm. And without Smash Brothers, we wouldn't have the show in a way if you yeah. think about it. So that's kind of th- special. There's also, uh, yeah, I, I think you saw that little like media release from Nintendo that they're bringing Smash Brothers for 3DS to tailgates across the country. It all comes full circle, doesn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's coming to, to Michigan. Lots of uh, drunk fans trying to week from Saturday settle it in Smash. Yeah, week from Saturday at Santa Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. It's in Columbus at the end of the year with the Michigan-Ohio State game. Uh, very exciting. Episode 73 of the podcast, the number 73, worn by Larry Allen, offensive guard for the Cowboys you know, during those 90s teams and oh, America's team and, and, and all that stuff. But not a common number, 73. So, so then he probably gave up a hit or two that led to a... Uh, concussion for Aikman. Maybe. Because there were a couple of them. Maybe. Kind of ended that career a bit early. Yeah, I got to meet him once. Troy Aikman? Yeah. No, uh, no kidding. My uh, family is friends with a guy who used to be one of the trainers for the Cowboys. Uh, so he invited a bunch of players to his wedding. And okay. so we got to meet I didn't get to meet Emmett Smith, but actually I'm looking at this helmet right here across from me. Uh, we have a Dallas Cowboys helmet signed by Emmett Smith. Wow. Just That's some good here. memorabilia yeah. right there. <laughs> mm-hmm. You learn something new on this show. Let's get into quick hits for the past couple of weeks. At this, the past week, actually, now that we're doing our weekly show, my goodness, a week goes by so quickly. And uh, boy, this week feels like it's been trudging by mm. for the Michigan Wolverine faithful. As you may know, I am an alum of that university, and it's been a rough week. I kind of you know, bombed him a bit last week for just losing at Utah and putting a terrible product on the field, and how it it was one of the lower points of the program. Well, it's it's gotten lower. I want to know, though, Joel, from 
an outsider perspective, <clears throat> seeing these different stories come up on national news. And it's again one of those stories that goes beyond beyond the sports world. Yeah. Like how, it, how does how do you react <clears throat> to something like that? Well, it, I mean, besides the you know, the on the field product that you're seeing from the team, you know, losing their second straight game. Um this this is I mean, this is something that's uh, you know, I'd say much, much more serious than you know, losing some games. It's uh the the probability you know the possibility that uh somebody will go on the field um suffer a hit that could cause a concussion and that you know did cause a concussion and then um that player not coming off the field and staying off the field that kind of thing they they do so many things now to prevent those things i mean we've changed half the rules in college football uh, and probably high school level and the NFL uh, to avoid these kind of things from ha- you know the the hits from happening them- themselves, mm-hmm. and the, they're very protective quarterbacks now too because they're prime. And any time that they're throwing the ball, if you're anywhere near their head, you're going to get penalized. And then you know, putting somebody back out on the field when they're clearly showing symptoms of, they look like he was also hurt. Besides that, right? So let me give a kind of a rundown of the different events. For those who did not bear witness to that travesty of a game. So Devin Gardner was the quarterback all of last year, all this year. This year he's starting to struggle. He's turning the ball over. So they decided at the beginning of this week, or the last week, close actually to the game time, they kind of delayed that announcement a bit, that Shane Morris, who is a sophomore, he was one of those elite 11 quarterbacks coming in so you know, high hopes and all that, Shane Morris would be the starting quarterback. Okay, fine. Didn't seem too prepared at all. He came out, kind of performed pretty poorly. And yeah, he came in at the end of the last game against Utah, but it's a downpour, whatever. He can't expect that much. So he comes in, does not play that well, takes some hits. His ankle, leg is, you know, injured relatively early in the game, but he's he's toughing through it. You know, he's trying to make a statement. He's, you know, a starting quarterback now. He's trying to make his mark, make a good impression. And kids these days, you know, athletes these days, they're not going to take themselves out of a game. They are competitors. They want all the playing time they can get. Mm-hmm. And it's the coach's job to make that decision to pull them. So when they start playing pretty poorly and they're losing 30-7, to 7, he's, you know, limping around. And as you said, he takes that you know, illegal hit to the helmet, targeting, it should have been an an objectionable, you know, penalty. Mm -hmm. Because that was ridiculous. It clearly looked like he was going after the headshot. And he is woozy getting up. You know, he doesn't look too there. He even stumbles, and his teammate has to kind of catch him at one point. And everyone's seeing this on TV, the color commentator, the play-by-play, you got to get him out there even before then because they're seeing his ankle like he's he's better when he's mobile and on the run and throwing. So if he can't move and you're putting him in the pocket, he's, he's a sitting duck back there. But no, after all this, you know, the hit to the head and leaving him with what seemed to be concussion symptoms, they keep him the game. Even a couple more drop back passes. Are you kidding? So people in the stadium, people on TV seeing all this, 
Eventually, they finally get him out of the game. You know, a couple plays too late. Fine. Devin Gardner now comes back in. Originally the starter of the season. He was the backup for this game. It was 30-7. to And your quarterback who was starting was injured. Getting near the fourth quarter, like, do the right thing, honestly. So, a few plays in, Devin Gardner loses his helmet. A Minnesota player rips it off. So, by rule... College football states that, you know, the player whose helmet was ripped off has to sit out for a play. Third stringer now, Russell Bellamy, is a name that, you know, going to be on a useless trivia question in the future. Who was the third string quarterback in that Michigan incident? Russell Mm -hmm. Bellamy was looking for his helmet, trying to get his helmet going because he should be the one to go out, right? Because Shane Morris, medical professional, should be looking over him saying, he's got a concussion, coach, he's done. Yeah. Devin Gardner has to sit out of play. Where'd he go to? Third string quarterback. He's trying to get his helmet, and here comes Shane Morris off the sideline. Even the referees are kind of looking at him like, uh, coach, you want to take a timeout? Because that's the other alternative. Yeah, the player has to sit out of play or you take a timeout. And at this point in the game, timeouts, I mean, if you have them, they don't matter. When you're down 23 points yeah. to Minnesota. And let's put that out there. The Little Brown Jug rivalry... The little brown jug rivalry. It's a, it's a kind of a big deal for Michigan, and it's a rivalry that's to the point where it's not even really a rivalry anymore. What's the stat? Like twenty-three or twenty-four times in the past, you know, twenty-three or twenty-four times, Minnesota's only won once. Mm-hmm. Not much of a rivalry. It's like a thirty and two record. It's something ridiculous. And but Minnesota won. They kicked Michigan's ass. In Ann Arbor. So, as you said, not only the product on the field, but this lack of control to put a concussed player out again for a play, just a terrible lack of communication. Some people are saying, oh, Brady Hoke, he's a liar, he's just a a wicked guy. I don't think he's that. He's a guy with good intentions. But he's someone who brought Ball State up from prominence. Uh, He... You know, had a good program at San Diego State. Yeah, he was a Michigan defensive line coach during their co-national championship season in 1997. So, uh, the Michigan man thing. But I think the stage is too big for him. He's showing incompetency. And I've already told you what I thought about David Brandon. Dave Brandon, I think, is one of the worst athletic directors in college football. I've told you how he's the Jerry Jones of college football. He wants to be in the film room. With the football. It's not your place. There's a whole background thing of how he's also changed the culture of entertainment at the games and changing the student ticket, you know, pricing and how they making the tickets more expensive, changing making it more of a general admission for student seating as opposed to sorting it by, you know, your year. Just changing this whole culture and that's really frustrated a lot of fans. That's why you're seeing you know, less numbers in the seats. And so for this, it's just a lack of control. It's a lack of competency. And so when you're seeing students, you know, kind of on a march and protest against Dave Brandon, <clears throat> it, this is more of a straw that broke the camel's back. Some people are saying, oh, if, if we were winning, if we were 5-0, and oh, this wouldn't be as big of a deal. But that's kind of the hypocrisy of sports in a way. 
I mean, Kobe Bryant did what he did. He changed his number. He won a championship. L.A. loves him. You know, in, in sports, it's unfortunate, but winning heals all wounds. But this is still ridiculous. And everything that's happening this week and how poorly the university has handled it from the statements that, you know, from at first Brady Hoke's press conference on Monday saying he didn't really know anything. And then Dave Brandon releases a statement at 1 a.m. that throws him under a semi-truck. They're, they're passing blame. It's absurd. It's embarrassing to be a Michigan Wolverine alum this week. Shame on my university. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, my my mom, she works for WVU, and she she is very surprised at uh, how they've handled things uh, there. That it just seems like it's very, um, like that press conference, it seemed very unprofessional for him to not have some kind of answer mm-hmm. ready. I mean, like, they have, I'm sure, plenty of people that, could tell him exactly what to say, that kind of thing too. Um, and then I don't, the other thing is um, you don't really see uh, protests, um, and especially involving students, yeah. um, because half the time they don't care who the athletic director is, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. Um, you don't really see that kind of thing um, when it regards the athletic director. You might see maybe that kind of thing like fans pushing to get rid of a coach but um there there people feel very strongly about about this and i think again like you said this situation and this this lack of communication and all this misunderstanding that that you know led to you know some, sending somebody that's concussed back out on the field just should never ever happen I mean that that blame spreads across the whole entire team mm-hmm. <laughs> and everybody involved with that because that should never happen. Like generally, the, the medical people have if they say something, the coaches are not allowed to do anything else about it anymore. Like mm-hmm. that's the way it works now um, because player safety is it's much more of a concern than it used to be. I think. Well, and Brady Hoke's even saying that. He doesn't have the authority to take a player out if the player wants to play. That's your job. You you can cut people from the team. I mean, you you have all the power right there. And again, like again, the medical staff if they're looking at him and everything, they should say no. Like they should immediately say no. You can't go anywhere. Like what are you doing? Like even if, even if the player is trying to get back on the field, you do not let them go back on the field. This is coming from a coach who doesn't want to wear a headset because it's just not his style. Oh my God, the lack of competency is insane. It's maddening, and with this organization, with Dave Brandon as athletic director, which doesn't seem like he's probably going to be let go, which is mind-boggling. As long as he stays as athletic director. This team is not even getting to a Big Ten championship game. Like It's unfortunate, but that seems to be the case. Well, I mean, and then the other thing is the athletic director, sure, football is the most important thing, but he oversees the entire department. Uh, 
So Those it kinda, teams haven't really it kinda done makes, much since he's been there. Well, it kind of makes you wonder, like, if they're suffering from... Because clearly, it, he has no idea what he's doing half the time. <laughs> so You're telling me. It's uh, it, it sucks to be a Michigan Wolverine this week. It yeah. really does. And, oh, God, it's, it's painful. Well, um... I mean, I love my university, but every single misstep they've done, it's it sucks. Um, and Stephen M. Ross, who's the owner of the Miami Dolphins and one of Michigan's biggest donors, you know, likes Dave Brandon, so like that doesn't help. You know, the idea of possibly removing him. Um, so yeah, you know, I was saying in the past couple episodes how the dream, if Brady Hoke were to be fired at the end of the year, and you know who to replace him, the dream would be that. You know, San Francisco would fall out with Jim Harbaugh and Jim Harbaugh would come here. Why would he come to Michigan? Why would he come to this mess right now? If anything, Stephen M. Ross, if he has all that money that he wants to throw around, say, hey, Jim, come run the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. So mark my words, if things fall out between Jim Harbaugh and San Francisco 49ers, Jim, come to Miami. It's nice down there. It is um, nice down there. He's lived the, uh, like in California his whole life. The uh, oh, I'm trying to think what I was going to say. Um, the the donors are the ones who can really get things moving in this kind of thing. That's how it always works. But they're not they're not moving to fire him because they like the corporate atmosphere that things have turned into. What Dave Brandon has done to the Michigan football program is. It was a program that was based on, you know, traditions and legends and this mystique and kind of aura around it. And now he's turned into a corporate shill to try to make more money off of it. Mm-hmm. He thinks that, you know, competing with TVs at home. Yeah, maybe that's the NFL's problem. But when you pack 100,000 plus in the stadium, which I'm going to also go on record and say this, at the end of the year... You know, Ohio State's their last game. It's at Ohio State in Columbus. Mm-hmm. The game before is home against Maryland. If the team has not won since then, what they have at Rutgers, home against Penn State, at Michigan State, home against Indiana, at Northwestern. If you don't win any of those games and you only have two wins on the year, Appalachian State and Miami, Ohio at home, that 100,000-plus streak is being broken. That has gone back since the 70s. One of the more impressive home streaks for attendance ever. Mm-hmm. That will be broken home against Maryland if this team does not win another game. I think that the... Because uh, people always talk about um, like sometimes ticket sales... Well, because usually ticket sales are reflected upon how the team's doing, you know? Yeah. Because, again, when when there's a huge game, um, maybe even if you're in a bad season, when there's, like, a big opponent coming in, a lot of people come to the game because they want to see the other team, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, if if your your sales aren't doing well, usually it's because the performance on the field isn't as good. So a lot of times people, like, say, oh, well, the, you know, the coaches and how well they do with the team that drives the ticket sales, but it's also, you know, a big part. That's a big part of what the athletic director is supposed to be doing. 
And um, I think that if you see de- more declines in ticket sales, that could help push, you know, at least push things a little bit further in getting rid of the athletic trigger. Yeah. Obviously, it's not, it doesn't look like it's going to happen anytime soon, but that's one of the things mm-hmm. in particular that could really change things. So, oh, yeah, money talks. Yeah. Money talks. And it doesn't have to be, you know, if they lose every game. Like, if, as long as the product doesn't turn around on the field, like, if it continues to be this dreadful, and with the climate as unhappy as it already is, that that streak is being broken. If the, I mean, if the again, if the if they just continue to perform bad too, I think that you will see some donors start to like a few bigger name donors start to complain mm-hmm. and that kind of thing yeah. and push and that kind of thing. And obviously, they're the ones that. Whenever they're trying to pay for a new head coach that's coming in, they're some of the people that they talk to, you oh, know, because yeah. they're like, they need to have extra funding in their budget in the next year. So they're like, oh, well, you know, we'd like this donation amount because you, you know, you're rich, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, to, I don't know. Ticket prices are, I, I'm, I'm sure that one day, I won't be able to go to football games anymore, even here. Like it just it it gets so expensive. Like I even like I can't imagine like how expensive like NFL tickets will even be. Like at the obviously the premium stadiums, that kind of thing. Not like you know the ones that are having the big uh, what jacuzzi seats. Yeah, <laughs> what people are standing. Um, yeah, but oh, on a on a lighter note. I guess uh sure let's let's take it there cuz shame on my universe. The uh the uh, did, did you happen to see uh the the fan run on the field at the Ohio State game? I did. This past week. Mm-hmm. And uh what what was the former player, one of the coaches? Uh, one of them, yeah. Um very good tackle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was yep. pretty good. I, I like that. Um, take him down. Yeah, so no I was like I was I, I Somebody said that it happened. I obviously wasn't watching the game, and the uh, so Deadspin was right on top of it. They mm-hmm. they Deadspin was also on top of another <laughs> another game that I was watching, the South Carolina Missouri yeah. game. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so I saw this live um, when Missouri went down and scored their touchdown near the end of the game. They cut really quick to some South Carolina fans like in the stands and right at the end before they start to like cut away this one lady flips the bird to the field Mm -hmm. (laughs) and I mean it's like it happens and the camera guy's like oh crap (laughs) (laughs) and then not only that but I checked Deadspin and um Somebody caught one of Missouri's fans with the middle finger up, and everyone was saying that it was the daughter and her mom that they like hate each other because they like other <laughs> teams or something. But man, like, I, like I was tempted to gift that myself, but I knew that somebody else was already on top of it because oh, yeah. it was just it was like perfect. I I was honestly like that's I think that was the most I laughed that day. That was hilarious. <laughs> And it's just the lo- the looks on fans' faces when they unexpectedly lose at the end of the game. Oh yeah, priceless, priceless. And and that was like extra credit right there. I mean, that was that was great. Absolutely. Well, 
Let's move on to baseball. Mm-hmm. So when you talk frustration with the teams, where where's your frustration at with the Pittsburgh Pirates? Okay. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. see. I watched up until I, I pretty much watched all of the game up until the point where they they hit the grand slam. Oh. Um, and then after that, I was like, I'm gonna go work out. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was like, if they come back, then I'll somebody will let me know, you know. And um, just, I mean, that. Uh, uh, Bumgarner's uh, pitching was amazing. Yeah, and I get. I mean, it was seriously to the point where the Pirates couldn't do anything. And then on, and then you know when they were pitching, so many errors. I mean, like I think I saw uh, like two guys walk in a row, and uh, at least two or three of those pitches hit the ground. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was just really bad. And um, it was something about the the rotation because. Um, you know, earlier in the week, they, they, you know, they were trying to play to win that game. Um, or, or earlier in the, the week before, they were trying to play to win that game because all those teams were still playing and they were still kind of chasing the Cardinals. Right at that back, point, yeah, yeah. And so, you know, who knows what could have happened? So they their rota- they had their rotation built a certain way, but if they hadn't been playing to win that game specifically they would have had a different one and people think that would have worked better. So I don't know. It's, it's like, I I think you got to win no matter, you got to find a way to win. I mean, so I I don't think you should really blame it on that. Um, I, I do like, it was really like, I was impressed again with that pitching, the pitching from the giants, uh, because really, um, it was besides, I think if that if that hit hadn't happened, um, I I think they still would have won the game. Like mm-hmm. the the pitching was just amazing. That said, you know you go into the next week playing what many people think is the best team. So yeah, that that it's going to be kind of rough there. I, you know if they can keep up that kind of pitching, that'll help. But I just I don't know <laughs> about that. Yeah, you gotta gotta admit, Baumgartner was amazing last night. Uh, What's the statistic that only Sandy Koufax and Justin Verlander before him were mm-hmm. the only pitchers to have a shutout in the postseason with at least ten strikeouts? Uh, it's it's amazing. It was lights out; you couldn't touch him, and that's that's just running into a bus saw right there. A, a much more competitive game, though. Absolutely, the night the night before. Uh, for now, the AL wild card with Oakland and Kansas City. I mean, that that was amazing. It was a, it was a perfect baseball game. Going into yeah. extra innings, you know, down four runs in the eighth inning to come back, you know, that way. And then, you know, they're, they're down a run in the 12th inning to even come back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was remarkable uh, to, for Kansas City to pull that out. For a first playoff appearance since 1985. Good on the Royals. I, I know that uh, Joe Bush that's been on the podcast before was tweeting up a storm. He seemed like he was really excited about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kansas City, get hyped for sports. Yeah. Absolutely. They, that's an area that deserves it. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt. So now they go and play the Angels, whereas the Tigers and Orioles kick off the main 
uh, division series right now. You have the Orioles leading right now 4-2 in the top of the eighth. So yep, we'll see what happens. They got to Scherzer and you know, giving up you know four runs on six hits so far. And then, Should be interesting. And then in the National League, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We got the Kansas City Royals and the uh, Ang- Angels later tonight. I think it's like a little after nine is when that yeah, starts. Yeah, yeah, um, So that should be interesting, yeah. yeah National League matchups, though. Mm, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, in the National League, you have the Washington Nationals now playing mm-hmm. the Giants. That'll be a really good series. Oh, yeah. Right along with St. Louis, the Cardinals playing the Dodgers. So, who do you see winning each series? You know, play it all out to the World Series. I think I... I think the Angels beat the Royals, and it's more of just more... The, the Royals, they do play small ball very well. And that could be pretty effective. And they've got a great bullpen. But, you know, the Angels have been not a team in baseball in the second half of the year. I don't think that really changes. Shame for the Athletics, though, the crash and burn they had. And then Billy Bean comes out and says, well, I think our trades worked out, you know, just fine. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> you probably want to take those back, actually. Um, then I, I like the Tigers in this series with the Orioles, but, you know, game one's going on right now, and it's not looking too good for the Tigs, so... I'll still say Angels beat the Tigers in the ALCS. And then I'll have the Dodgers beating the Nationals in the NLCS. I'll get that Los Angeles World Series, and it'll be terrible for baseball. Uh, but, man, the L.A. area's going to love it. Um, well, let's see. I, 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 there's still a way for me to find my prediction, right? To get my prediction. Yes, there is. <laughs> so you got to go with that. Yeah, I think that's I'm gonna have to go with that. So I I, uh, I think that, that that win for Kansas City just so emotional. Like, um, you know, even if they do come out and play, like, I think it's gonna be hard to like come back down and and, and get to get to the right mindset, like, to actually play well. Now you could say that they they have you know, I don't know what do you call it, momentum, like going into that game, but that mm. just like that was insane. Like, I I don't know if they can come back down to earth. I don't that. believe in momentum game to game in sports. I don't know about that. I, probably not for baseball. <laughs> like especially. Um but uh so so I think that the Angels will beat them and then um I got I got to take the Tigers over the Orioles <laughs> even so though do. right now it's looking a little rough early. Um but it's a five game series to start for the DS so. Yeah. And then and then I got the uh um I just th- I think the Nationals are going all the way there because mm. I I said that at the beginning of the season I got to somehow stick by it. Yeah, it's looking um, pretty good right now. They have a great rotation. And so Jason you know, Zimmerman had that no hitter on the last game of the regular season. Yeah, I I think that the Tigers are going to beat the Angels. Not not you two king though, Jason Zimmerman. No, <laughs> <laughs> different oh, different. <laughs> interesting, interesting. So let's recap the last week in college football. Tennessee at Georgia, minus 17. Who thought Tennessee would go in and give them a really close game? Uh, Georgia does not have good pass defense, I can tell you that much. They didn't show that. They didn't show the ability to do that against any of the other teams they played, so Mm. I don't know. 
Georgia's just what like one week they look great, the next week they look awful, and they look great again, and then they just look terrible again. Oh, the Tigers just lined out into a double play. No. Sorry, I had watching the game cast at the same time. This is really bad. <laughs> um Yeah, thirty five thirty two final and like it got really close at the end, kind of in a kind of garbage time. Georgia with a great punt on the one yard line. Uh, mm-hmm. fumble by Tennessee in the end zone, Georgia recovers, like puts them up ten and then, you know, trying to come back late, futility, you know, just getting a touchdown to make it a field goal. Yeah, so I I have no idea what to think of Georgia. Like what 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 team is going to show up? Yeah. But they obviously look like they can move the ball. It's just again, there's questions on that defense. So mm. Yeah. Absolutely. Arkansas versus Texas A and M was in Arlington and Jerry World. Jerry Jones uh, getting his alma mater of Arkansas there to play those Aggies. Minus eight and a half in favor of the Aggies. Uh, that was an exciting game. That was yeah. overtime. And, uh, oh, what's this? Home run Miguel Cabrera. Jesus Christ. Four to three, bottom of the eighth. I'll tell you, playoff baseball. <laughs> it's something. It's something. Um... Yeah, it was an overtime game, and you know Texas A&M was just moving the ball very, very well against Arkansas. And it was a very close game back and forth. They were down 14 in the second half, so a, a strong comeback there. But Texas A&M does not cover the 8.5-point spread with winning by 7 in overtime, so I'm giving Arkansas the point picking against the spread. That was much lower scoring than I thought it would be, especially considering it went to overtime. Yeah. Like the, again, both of those offenses were supposed to be in the top five. Uh, obviously, one throws the ball a lot more, and one pretty much only runs the ball. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. I mean, you showed some you know, a bit of a flaw in Texas a and but those are some of you know, these good well, test games that you need. We'll be tested again this week. Especially, oh yeah, yeah, this is a great slate of games this week. Oh yeah. Minnesota at Michigan, minus 11 and a half. Already said enough. It ended 30 to 14. It uh, was much worse than that. The game was not even It started close, and then two turnovers in less than two minutes. It's what Michigan has done all year. They have the worst turnover differential in the nation. That will lose games. I tell you, Joel, it's, it's so frustrating to watch. It's not fun, and it's just painful. Awful, awful product on the field. First time in Michigan football history in the 135 years of the program. First time that they have three losses before October. Hmm. First time. I mean, that's a good streak, though. <laughs> it's a good streak on tradition, but yeah. what's happened for the past, I don't know, seven, eight years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stanford at Washington, plus seven and a half. I kind of called this one as uh, Washington taking that as... Stanford wins 20 to 13. Washington was driving late. Could have tied it up and just had a really bad drive. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, I was kind of watching that like the game cast of that like on the road mm. re- reciting every play to my dad as we were driving and <laughs> um I was like they got a penalty. Oh, oh, they're they're just... moving. They're moving yeah. down the field. They're moving down the field. And you got sacked. And they're just moving backwards. <laughs> <It's fine. laughs> the game, it's like, I think, it says zero on the thing, but I, like, it says third, like, I don't know. Yeah. 
So, I mean, it was an interesting game for sure. Yep. Baylor at Iowa State, uh, that was an exact cover the spread for Baylor. And yeah, in, in uh, actual betting, that would count as a kind of a draw. You wouldn't get your money. But as far as our rules, if you match the cover the spread, it counts as a, a point in your favor if you guessed for Baylor, covering the 21. 49 to 28 against the Cyclones. They were up by like 30 something in the first half. So, mm. kind of taking their foot so, off the brakes. So, so, yeah, guess, definitely. Yeah. And mm-hmm. Iowa State, like, I'll say this they look much more confident than they were last year. Mm. Um, just like, uh, they can move the ball. They, I mean, they really, really can move the ball. So, uh, they, you know, they, they kind of fit in with a lot of the other teams, the Big 12. They, um, defensively aren't very strong, but can move the ball up and down. Got good receivers, so hmm. yeah, absolutely. Notre Dame versus Syracuse plus twelve was in East Rutherford at MetLife Stadium, in New Jersey, and Notre Dame scores more than thirty points again. Uh, they have a good run going there. Thirty-one fifteen final score. Everett Golson looks good again. That keeps looking good. So not a surprise there. Though Florida State at NC State in our extra point plus 19.5. I was telling you, Florida State going to NC State, giving you some trouble. Now, Florida State was down 24-7 early. Shocking. Uh, Good good thing he didn't get suspended this week. Yeah, I was going to say. Because they would have clearly lost the game without him. Number one team in the nation. They, They make plays. They come back. NC State keeps it close, though. Florida State wins by 15. Score 56 to 41. That's a that's a shootout there. Does not cover the 19 and a half point spread. I'll tell you, I was going out on a limb there with uh, Washington some, NC State there, and they, they pulled through for me. I'm some probably... chinks, chinks in that defense. That looked really bad. Mm-hmm. So I was five and two on the week. I'm getting some of those points back for the terrible start I had, and then uh, you were three and four. Woo! <laughs> it's, it's the best you can hope for is usually around five hundred. That's it's a yeah. Good it's year. it's the it's the uh, those deceiving spreads that I'll tell you, they're they're tricky. These games, those get, the thing is, usually when you get them wrong like that with the team's favor, that means the games were much better than you planned them to be. Mm. So, in the NFL, though, Green Bay at Chicago plus one and a half. Nobody punted in this game. <laughs> One of the few times that's ever happened in the NFL. Green Bay wins 38-17. to 17. Uh, Wow, that was a surprise. Aaron Rodgers was on fire. Yep. Very, very impressive. People were like, finally! <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> About time. Carolina at Baltimore, minus three. Baltimore wins 38-10. It's the uh, Steve Smith return game. Two touchdowns. Uh, the one in particular with the tip from one of the other receivers and just Steve Smith catching it in stride. Yeah. That was, that was a great play. He's so, crazy. Showing his old team what for. Yep. Detroit at New York Jets plus one. The Lions win that one on the road. But it also looks like the Jets are just in turmoil. Uh, yeah, definitely. Geno Smith, he's, he's turning the ball over. Can't be doing that. The fans mm-hmm. want Michael Vick. Rex Ryan doesn't seem to have control to be able to make the decisions with, you know, the GM and whatnot, that's always a great recipe and formula there. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... I, I think even if you change quarterbacks, uh, I mean, Michael Vick will probably still turn the ball over. So yeah. it's it's just... 
I, I don't know. There was an interesting thing. I was watching Mike and Mike in the morning, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they were talking about uh, who's the Ravens' old coach? Um, old coach Brian Billick. Yeah, he was making a comment like, "If you if you bench him now, then you're you're giving up on him. Oh yeah, like you're you're, you're done. That kind of like like he'll never play again. That kind of thing." And I'm mm-hmm. like, "Wait a second, what? <laughs> 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 like like I understand like." You might be like giving up on like, you know, early in the season that, that kind of thing. But like, the he, he had this idea that if you bench a quarterback, that like he's done. And I'm like, what? He's kind of right in a way. I mean, the NFL is going to see and like, why should we pick him up if you know, he didn't work for this team? That there's some truth in that, not an absolute. Yeah, but I mean, he was he was talking like it was absolute, yeah. no matter what. And I was like, whoa, I don't know about that. Geez. No, I mean, talking about another team with that, and Minnesota Vikings, they play Green Bay tonight. And, you know, they had Matt, they lost Matt Castle with a foot injury. Mm-hmm. Teddy Bridgewater's hurt. He's now out for tonight. So Christian Ponder starting, their third-string quarterback. Jeez. You had Adrian Peterson go out, but then Matt Asiata comes in and gets a few touchdowns. They had that, well, the tight end from uh, the Giants as well get a few touchdowns. Donnell mm-hmm. got a few touchdowns. And then he didn't win his fantasy game because he didn't start himself. And then, oh, the blog's got a good laugh out of that. So, yeah, I don't know. injuries, man. It happens. Philadelphia at San Francisco minus five and a half. It was close. It was close. The Niners win by five. They don't cover the spread. Nope. So give Philly that one. And that was that was pretty close to the end too. A big stand by San Francisco in their defensive end. Just four down territory, goal to go. That was a big stand. Yeah. Winning at home, absolutely. New Orleans at Dallas, plus three. Dallas took it to the Saints. I'm sorry if you picked New Orleans to win the Super Bowl based on my recommendation, but <laughs> that is looking to be wrong. Very, very wrong. Yeah. So Cowboys, a 38-17 final. That was very impressive. I mean, I think that was like how much the Niners beat the Cowboys by or something like that. Mm, yeah. yeah, something yeah. like that. And then on Monday Night Football, New England went to Arrowhead to play the Kansas City Chiefs. And Kansas oh, City. Oh, my. Kansas City has a good good first couple days of the Goodness. week for them. 41 to 14, put a whooping on the that, Patriots. And, and started up the Tom Brady quotes again. People love those. Oh, <laughs> where, yeah. like, where he's just like, people, like the media ask him like the stupidest questions. And he's like, we're just not as good on offense. Yeah. Like, I don't know what to say. <laughs> Like we're not gonna we're not gonna score a bajillion points this year. It's just not happening. Well, and Bill Belichick, you know, earlier this week, you're saying oh, we're focused on Cincinnati. You know, we're, we're on Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah, uh, Bill, they, what, they what, what are you doing? What are, what are you gonna do with your offense? We're on to Cincinnati. Like, <laughs> yeah, silly. you. I mean, they better focus because that game could be even worse. Mm-hmm. So I went four and two on the NFL. He went three and three. We're treading water. It was good. It was good. But this week's games, especially in college football, it's exciting. Yeah. Texas A&M. Now, a few SEC games this week, but when you're talking about ranked versus ranked, you got to go with these. There's a, ton. Them. There's a ton of them. Texas A&M at Mississippi State, minus one and a half at 12 p.m. Eastern time. I'm going to take the Aggies in this one. I know you got all the cowbells in Mississippi State, but I think last week's win kind of toughened them up. 
And I think that offense can still move the ball as impressive as it was against Arkansas. Going to be a close game. I'll take the Aggies on the road. Yeah, I think that I think Texas A&M, you know, clearly has a better offense than LSU. Um, and uh, you know, de- defense might not be as good, but uh, I just don't know if Mi- Mississippi State can can keep up with Texas A&M in this game. Yeah. It, it's it's kind of at that point. Um, Going to need a big because, defensive effort. Yeah, for the Bulldogs. So so I mean, it's it's clearly not impossible. It's at home, so that's that's one thing in their favor. The line is very, very close, so people must know something. Mm. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, that's another reason to even pick Texas A&M. It's just that the, the line is so small. So, I mean, you only have to win by, like, a field goal or something right. like that. Right, absolutely. Oklahoma at TCU plus 4.5 at 3.30 p.m. Eastern. Another, another ranked game. All these big ones here are ranked. Yeah. You know, we get to see if, because uh, I think TCU has a pretty good defense. Um, we get to see, you know, if if somebody can stop Oklahoma from running the ball, what what are they going to do? Like, is is he going to take over? You know, yeah. and and have that dominant kind of performance, which if, Knight could if he, do. Yeah, I mean, if you don't have that option to play action, then. It'll just be interesting to see because I want to see. I kind of want to see him develop a little bit more. Um, I, I don't because I don't think to this point so far, no no defense has challenged him. Right. Um, so I, I think TCU has the athletes on defense to actually challenge Oklahoma. I just don't know if they can score enough points, hmm. even even if they do hold them down a little. So. Yeah, I'm going to take the Sooners as well. I think you know some people are saying this is the best team in the nation. And uh, if TCU keeps it close under four and a half or even wins, that's a big upset. I don't care if they're ranked. I, for Oklahoma being as good as they are, I think they cover the four and a half. The, they looked, I mean, they looked like a legit top five team in that fourth quarter when we were playing. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Alabama goes to Oxford to play Ole Miss. ESPN College game day first time down there. Plus six and a half at three thirty PM Eastern in another SEC tilt. I'm gonna go on a limb and take the Rebels mm. on this one. At the very least to keep it close. It's gonna be on their defense, which is playing very well against SEC competition. Mm-hmm. And then Bo Wallace, uh, you gotta make plays. And Alabama is having a very good year and especially on offense. It's looking looking scary, but I don't know. It's it's these SEC close matchups, and I think at the very least, Ole Miss keeps it close. Not saying they're going to go and win, but going on the line, say, give me the Rebels of Ole Miss. I just remember when they were hyping this game up so much last year. Yeah, <laughs> and then it was. Uh, they, I mean, close, Alabama right? steamrolled them in the way that Alabama steamrolls teams. They they don't really like. They're like the they look they up at the clock like and they're Georgia like Southern or something. They, they look up at the clock and they're like, whoa. Like, how it's is it? How is it thirty quarter. to nothing? Like, <laughs> like we don't even like. It's not even flashy. I'll say that they they are maybe a little bit more flashy on offense. It's just that their their defense clearly isn't at that point. Mm-hmm. It's getting better. Um, so they they clearly had a game plan to stop Bo Wallace last year, and it, I mean he looked terrible works, in that game. Yeah. So. If if they can do more of that, if if Old Miss can't score, I think I think Oklahoma or Alabama can still score. Mm-hmm. So, 
Notre so I'm going to take it. I'm roll take Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. All right. Stanford at Notre Dame. Plus two and a half. Also at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Who do you have in this one? Um, I think I'm going to take uh, Stanford. Stanford, uh, okay. I, I just think that uh, maybe like, to, especially after last week, going on the road and getting that win like they did. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of feel like their defense will find a way to shut down Notre Dame's offense. Okay. Um, I don't know. I like. I clearly have. I have more faith in Stanford's defense than Notre Dame's. Even just because I think it's kind of like the the maybe the quality of opponents that they've played so far mm. is the is the kind of thing that I'm looking at in this. Just because really, besides that, like I don't. I'm not again Stanford. I don't think that they have a ton of playmakers, but I think. I think that their like single wide receiver playmaker is better than most of all the other players on Notre Dame's team. So okay. it's like it's one of those things where they'll throw the ball a lot to one person, but I think that'll be enough combined with their defense. I think Everett Golson makes a play late. I think <laughs> Notre Dame at home helps them. So I'm going to take the Irish. I know Stanford's been playing good defense, but Notre Dame's been scoring at least like 30 points every game. I think, and that's it's a Good sign for that team when their defense has also been playing rather well mm-hmm. as well. So I'm going to take Notre Dame. Just, just gut. LSU at Auburn. Two matchups of Tigers. And speaking of the Tigers, they're uh, man on second for the Orioles in the bottom of the eighth. Mm-hmm. Just pulled next Scherzer. Oh, boy. LSU at Auburn, minus 8, 7 p.m. Eastern time. I'm going to take the Bayou Bengals. To keep it close, eight feels like a lot in this matchup. Yeah, uh, it, it feels it feels like a lot for against a less miles team, and I think LSU keeps it close. They don't win. I think Auburn still wins, but uh, LSU keeps it maybe within a field goal. Yeah, I think maybe if this game was at LSU, then they they'd have a chance to win, maybe. Um, but I, I don't know. It's just like. If you watch, if you watch the uh, them play Mississippi State, they, I mean, they just got killed. Mm, yeah, um, there wasn't really a lot to like after like looking at that, and I, like you know, early in the year, what they they played um, Wisconsin, right? And kind of, you know, Wisconsin was able to run all over them early, but uh, later in the game, because of injuries and that kind of thing, they had to they just but they clearly don't have a quarterback that can that's competent i think at right. wisconsin um I, I and i think at auburn they do i think all you know i think that offense is all up to him yeah, Nick, Nick Marshall, I, he, yeah. The, the throw that he made at the end of the kansas city the kansas the kansas state game that won the game mm, yeah. against them and um i think kansas state has a better defense than lsu um and you know, not only that, but they they won on the road and won that game. They found they found some kind of way to win the the game, um, even when they weren't able to run the ball, that kind of thing. So, I think uh, talking about all those things, even if they're not able to run the ball against LSU, that kind of thing, I think they'll still move the ball. Um, I and I just don't think this is the same kind of stout LSU team, especially defensively, that we're used to seeing. Um, 
So a lot of a lot of people would probably say you know overranked, um, especially after that that loss that they took. Um, I don't know. It, I think I I'll I'll take Auburn. I'll take okay. I'll go ahead and take Auburn. I think the combination of it being at home and just eventually LSU not having an answer for anything that they're doing on offense. All right, so you're taking the Tigers. Interesting. Uh, Auburn. Auburn Tigers. <laughs> <laughs> Nebraska at Michigan State. Minus eight and a half. It's a night game. I'm surprised ESPN didn't go here, but you know, go figure. Uh, I'm taking Nebraska. Mm-hmm. And Nebraska has a very good offense. It's you know the one thing that Michigan State really hasn't gone up against. Beside you know Oregon, and that didn't turn out entirely well for the Spartans. <laughs> Besides that, Michigan State not the best competition. Mm-hmm. It's been three powder puff teams essentially, and the Oregon Ducks to lick their wounds. Kind of. So I think Michigan State may keep it close. They may win, but I think Nebraska hangs with them. Give me the Cornhuskers. To stop Michigan State from covering that eight and a half point spread. Yeah, I mean, at this point, this is pretty much like the premier game of the season mm. for the Big Ten, like yeah. showcase game. Because, I mean, I guess, I, don't, I, I guess maybe Wisconsin or Ohio State could work their way back up in the polls or something. But besides that, you got to think this is probably like the highest two highest ranked teams that will play mm. each other. So, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people, you know, still believe, even though Nebraska is the undefeated team, that Michigan State is clearly the better team based on who they lost to, you know, were able to keep it close for the, what, the first half or something like that mm-hmm. against Oregon on the road. Um, so, and then, you know, ne- how Nebraska has won some of its games, um, specifically, uh, who was it they were playing? Um, they beat like, Miami. Oh, it was like it was a uh, lower division team, and oh, they just oh, oh, barely oh, McNeese State. Yes, they just yeah. barely beat Miss McNeese State at the very end of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's talent there. I mean, they have one of the better running backs in the country, right? Uh, Amir Abdullah. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know Taylor. Uh, his name Taylor. Yeah, Taylor Martinez. Yeah. Martinez. Um. Can you know? He can pull the ball down, run that kind of thing. He's been there for many years now, um, so he has a lot of experience, especially in big games. So um, I don't think that they'll, you know, I I don't think that it will matter that the game is there at East Lansing. Mm. I think that they'll s- still find ways to score on them, and it, I think it'll be a shootout. Um, I, the, you know, Michigan, we talked about Michigan state's defense. Do we think that last year's Michigan state's defense could have held Oregon down a lot more? Yeah, probably I'd say. Um, but I think, I actually think that they're better offensively like this year. And I Mm -hmm. think that they need to be better offensively because their defense is good. Oh yeah. Um, so I, I think that was one of the things that kind of impressed me that, they were still able to find ways to score against Oregon. I was like, what in the, like they were in like third and long and they were finding ways to move the ball. So, um, but I do think Michigan state pulls it out because I do think they're the better overall team. 
Uh, but I think it'll be a close game. Hmm. So I'm taking Nebraska in the spread. Okay. Extra point this week if you don't have your teams in the pick six. Sorry, I'm just I'm just watching the Detroit Tigers um. unravel. Oh, my God. Their bullpen is so bad. Wake Forest at Florida State, minus 38 and a half, 3.30 p.m. Eastern time. Now, I have an extra point to pick, but if I had to pick, I think 38 and a half is a lot. I think Florida State win, may win by, like, 35. But I'm not about to trust the Seminole team with the 38 and a half point spread. Are you kidding? So if I had to pick, I'm going to pick Wake Forest. Yeah, I was going to say, if they keep Winston in the whole game, which I don't think they'll do, then they could cover that. But I don't think they're going to keep him in the whole game. So So my extra point, Michigan goes to Rutgers, a Big Ten team now, to play a night game, 7 p.m. Eastern time, minus three in favor of the Scarlet Knights. Taking Rutgers. Damn this team. Shame on my university. And God damn the Tigers. Are you kidding me? It is seven to three right now. The bases are loaded. One out. They've committed two errors this inning. Michigan sports are frustrating. <laughs> maybe hockey season. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Joel, the is going to be better this year. God, no, no. <laughs> they, they are terrible too. Uh, your game. Um, the uh, I I think I'm going to take us in the spread. Um. Kansas fired their coach. Yeah, Charlie week. Weiss gone. So they they'll have an interim coach, um, which I'm pretty sure Dana Horgerson's very familiar with because he 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 was on opposing opposing team for a long time when they played when he was at Texas Tech. Um, so I you know I think there's I still think there's actually some talent in like key position like wide receiver and stuff on Kansas's team. Mm-hmm. Um. But, uh, I don't know. We've been playing a very brutal schedule early, besides the the one uh, lower division team that we played. Yeah, Towson. Um, and uh, I think that it's, especially after we've had the week off to recover from the other game that week, I don't think we have really any key injuries right now, and we should, should be good. And uh, we're actually going to get, I think in a few weeks, we're going to get our starting quarterback back, too. Hmm. Um, so I think this is kind of the time where our, our offense has shown signs of being very explosive. Uh, we've got receivers who could, you know, you throw up 10 balls, they'll probably catch nine of them and, and one handed catches <laughs> too. Um, I think that this is another, I think this will be a blowout. I think it'll be like we're playing a lower division team. Yeah. I mean, them. And not only that, like, we lost to them last year. That obviously that doesn't happen a lot. Kansas doesn't beat many That's teams right. in the same division as them. So there is the revenge factor. I I think that's another reason that we really want to destroy them. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, uh, get, get a win in conference because – you need to start building up those wins in conference to compete and get in position for a bowl game. So absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, you'll Virginia will bomb them. West Virginia's gonna just destroy them. 
And I, I'm I'm going to get to be in the press box a little bit during the game, so I'm excited about that. Exciting, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That should be fun. You should tell us about that next week. Yeah. Oh, well, I I think I'm not really sure. I didn't check. Fox Sports, I think, is doing the yeah um, I believe so. the stuff, and we have a lot of like former players that work for them, like like Rashid Marshall, mm. who used to be one of our quarterbacks, and I actually have his autograph somewhere huh, nice. around here. So if I see him, I'll be like, "Hey, I got your autograph." <laughs> oh my god it gets worse oh my goodness I, I have worse. the game cast up too jeez and then they got somebody on second base yeah they just it just had a <laughs> double cleared second and third it's it's 10-3 they've given up six runs in the eighth inning with this god awful bullpen can I take back our Tigers pick no, gotta stick with it. Okay. Okay. NFL Week 5, Chicago at Carolina. Minus two and a half. I'm gonna take the Panthers. At home, they gotta you know show some pride on their defense. And Chicago has not been looking that better. If you want to battle the defense, I'm gonna trust Carolina's a little more right now compared... I mean, yeah, Baltimore went all over Carolina, but Green Bay also did for Chicago. It's gonna be a close game. I'm gonna take Carolina... I think trust Cam Newton more than Jay Cutler. Um. Yeah, I mean, you gotta feel like you gotta feel like Carolina's gotta get things back together after. I mean, they lost a couple AFC teams. Um, so you gotta think they'll coming back home. They'll regroup and and get their game plan back together. And again, also Chicago, you know, got tore torn up by. Yeah, uh, the no, the finally uh, fantasy football like numbers <laughs> of <laughs> yeah. Jake. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I'm going to take Carolina too. Coming back home after some rough losses, we'll get a win. Mm-hmm. Houston at Dallas in the battle for Texas minus four as the Cowboys are in Jerry World. And what's your pick on this one? Um. Uh, I picked J.J. Watt. There you go. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Houston. I've got Houston as well. I, l- I like that defense, and Cowboys have to trip up sometime, right? He got like an interception, took it back. Yeah, that was impressive. And then he yeah. gave his mom a car for her birthday. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, taking Houston. Baltimore at Indianapolis, minus three and a half. Also a 1 p.m. Eastern time game. Indianapolis has been on a roll. I know Baltimore's been hot as well, but Andrew Luck having the best QB statistics so far in the league. I'm going to take the Colts at home, cover the three and a half. Yeah, I like what I'm they're doing this year. Going with the Colts too. Makes it easy. <laughs> Arizona, also a hot team, going to mile high at Denver, minus 7, 4.05 p.m. Eastern time. What wins here? Uh, I still think, I think... I think Denver's gonna win the game. I think coming back home, that that I, that home field is very. I think it's still a very interesting home field advantage with the the elevation and everything like that. Uh, you know, it changes how you kick the ball and uh, you know the way that you're conditioned for the game. You definitely have cramps at different times. It's a, it's like a different kind of cramp than like a. A hot cramp, that kind of thing. Mm, yeah. Um, so, uh, I, I don't know. I just think that 
you know, it's hard to if if you have to have a quarterback duel, that kind of thing. I I got to go with Peyton Manning in that one. Yeah, I trust Peyton Manning in this one as well. Uh, I think for as much as Denver can score, seven is a reasonable spread. I think they get it. Uh, I know Arizona much better this year. They're, they're a good team. Yeah, good team know. this year, but. I think Denver's a really tough place to play. It's like if they were going to Seattle, which they'll have to do because they're in division. But it's a tough place to play, and I'll take Denver's you know, experience playing in that, those conditions with the offense that they have going right now. I'll, I'll take the Broncos as well. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati, one of the best teams in the NFL right now, going to New England for Sunday night football. What do you think? Uh, hmm. Um, I'm gonna go with Cincinnati. Okay, I think I think even though it's you know in Foxborough, um, I don't it just I don't know what you really take from that game, the Chiefs game last week with uh, New England. Like mm-hmm. I, it just uh, you that looked like a college football score. So usually, and and in the past we're used to seeing New England on the other side of that. Yeah, <laughs> score. Um, I just don't know what they're going to do defensively to stop Cincinnati from scoring whenever they want. Uh, I mean, if you, if the, if the chiefs can score that many points against you, I, I don't know what Cincinnati is going to do. I think, I think Cincinnati has got a better defense too. So logic would dictate that, but I'm going to go new England because betting against them never makes sense. That's my logic. and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Because seriously, like they're I'm at sure home. I'm sure people lost money on them last week. Though. Yeah, they're, they're at home now, and you know they think that they have them, you know, back pinned in the corner. And that's when you know the claws come out. So watch out for New England. Though I would be totally okay with Cincinnati blowing. Well, no, them I out. think New England could still play well, and Cincinnati could beat them. But yeah, I, Cincinnati's good. And so. there's a reason this spread is only one and a half. Yeah, let's put it that way. And finally, Seattle at Washington on Monday Night Football, uh, plus seven and a half. Give me the Seahawks. Like that's, I think that's an easy If Washington keeps it close, man, that's great for them. Or it's a, just a matter of Seattle does not play well on the road. You know, it could be either. But I'm going to take the Seahawks. Hopefully there aren't any horrific injuries hmm, yeah. in this game. Um, but I, I have to go with Seattle, too. Just... Uh, you know, their their you know their defense is always something like I mean that's a that's a fantasy defense for you right there mm. if there was one, um, but I mean their their offense can now you know go into two minute drill and win the game yeah. that kind of thing too so that's kind of scary to think mm-hmm. about just a bit yep um so y- even if you do keep it close they can still beat you at the end of the game so. Mm-hmm. Got to go with Seattle. Well, with uh, where we were at when we were starting to talk about the NFL picks, I thought, oh, the Tigers game may be over by now. But the eighth inning is still going. They're just having kind of a meltdown, and that's unfortunate. I wish I could even say, oh, the eighth inning is over, as we wrap up this episode of Down the Sidelines, but can't even do that. So, Joel, Smash Brothers tomorrow. And it's not a sports question. I gotta ask, who's the first character you're playing? Um, let's see, first character. Who's available from the start? I'm trying. To a lot think. of characters, actually. Um, 
It was only 12 unlockables. It's not going to be anyone that's in the demo. Right. Because obviously we're tired of that for a while. <laughs> um, I think... Okay, well, here, I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go the fast route to unlock characters. I'm going to self-destruct. <laughs> totally, totally. Got to um, do that. If, it's, if you're so, doing like a business, yeah, definitely. It's got to be someone that I don't like. Right. Um, or somebody who has like the fastest fast fall in the game. <laughs> that's, that's the real question. Jeez. Um, uh, sh- um, You'd think that a Spacey I, would have the, the faster fast falls. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna. Just. Try, I'm trying to think who is what's oh, Zero Suit Samus maybe. Maybe. Um, because she has the, oh, what do you call it? The down a, mm. or the the down oh, aerial. Yeah. Right. That that just like jets down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Kill myself faster, <laughs> and <laughs> then um, and then once I get all the characters unlocked. First online match, I'm gonna I'm gonna camp hard. I'm gonna play Duck Hunt Dog and just camp, camp, mm. camp somebody to death. You bastard. <laughs> then second match, full rush down going Little Mac. Okay. <laughs> Little Mac's been a popular choice. And then um I don't know. I, I hopefully I don't play a lot of Sheiks because oh, she's so like she's so easy to use in this game. Sheiks are gonna like, be everywhere, yeah. Denti is just, I think he's like maining her right now and he's just destroying people in tournaments. Mm. Like, it's unfair. Yeah, as far as characters I don't like, I think it's going to be LMR for me. Just self destructing. Though I'm going to try, I'm not going <laughs> to attach my name to it and see if that impacts things for the standings or the statistics and all yeah, that. Yeah, I, I actually, I mean, that, again, as much as you're going to play this game in the future, it probably won't even matter. Yeah, and, I, right. and I don't, it probably doesn't matter. I don't. Maybe it only takes stuff into account, like uh, that you do the things you do online, like it's maybe. separate, or just you know what's attached to your profile name, because it seems to really oh, yeah, matter with you know, all the customizations. So yeah, who knows? But would be interesting. So we're excited for that. Yep. And uh, football, I'm going to be at the big house, uh, the big house four. That is Smash <laughs> Brothers tournament. I'm not going to be. At- that is the place to be. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could you know, go and go to Michigan, and nothing's happening there. And it would still be better than them losing to Utah and Minnesota at home. Well, good, can good I luck say, to, say it again? Shame on my university. Jeez. Good luck oh. to to Super with his esports. There you go. Yeah, gotta get him. You know, Miles. Miles got to do well there. Good yeah. luck to him. And the Tigers are still in this ending because oh, they walked no. Big Marquegas, and it's a two-two count. With two outs, you you gotta say when ESPN GameCast says chance of scoring eight plus runs this inning, is that like sixteen and a half percent? And they they have scored six runs so far this inning. Ugh. I playoff baseball, and before you know it, it'll be hockey and basketball season. <laughs> Michigan sports. <laughs> meltdown and with that i am peter and i'm joel we hope you enjoy the week in sports i'm so glad that oh, oh my god did they score again 
Yes. What? It's 12 to 3. Mercy. 